Hey guys, so just finished up another podcast with a good old friend of mine from high school, Al Chavez. You can follow him at Big Al Chavez305 on Instagram, Alberto Chavez on Facebook. He's a financial advisor. So we tapped in, talked about uh, some of the, I guess, challenges that millennials face and the challenges that all of us face really about saving money and planning for the future. It was enlightening. I really enjoyed it. We definitely talked some Canes. We grew up as longtime Canes fans. You know, he talked about, you know, growing up and what it's like to be a dad now and lessons he's teaching his sons and coaching his sons. And next time I'm down in Miami, I'm going to hang out with him, man. And we definitely took some shots at Jeep drivers. Well, I don't know why that happened, but it did. So that's just what it is, man. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off the limits, and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges, and this is Man Chatter. I, I, I could see it, it's either uh, Dalvin Cook or... Or the, yeah, the DN from uh, Anna. Dalvin Cook is nasty. You saw no, 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 I'm not. I'm sorry, sorry, not, not Dalvin Cook. Deshaun Watson. Sorry, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I can see Deshaun Watson going. So yeah, Deshaun Watson. So the first thing we got to talk about is we got we me and you big huge Canes fans. By the way, we gotta we gotta find a way to link up for that Notre Dame game because that's the only game I want to go to. We, hey man, I, I got season tickets, man. So we'll be there. Yeah, man, we'll be there. Sure. We'll be there tailgating. Yeah, man. So uh. What you think about? Let's talk about that first, bro. What you think about the quarterback situation with the U, man? Uh, man, I tell you what, uh, I think Kai definitely could have helped himself a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, especially with the draft. He would have stayed one more year, yeah. third year. It's a new era, you know, under Mark Rick. But uh, I think overall the team had pretty good success with him. Finished the year strong. Bowl game was nice. You know, first bowl win in a couple years. Mm-hmm. I think in ten years, ten or eight ten, years. Ten years at least. Yeah, in ten I years. I can't remember so. the last bowl win. It's been so long. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, But I think that he would have done us some good. Would have improved his draft stock, but I get it. Hey, man, NFL, not for long. So you got to get your money before you get a chance at it, you know? Yeah. I never, like, I've been, I've been known, like, I follow, like, that's my number one sport is college football, right? Like, it's that and and soccer. Like, it's those two sports for me. Like, European soccer more than, more than local. I'm a a Barcelona guy. I know you're a Real Madrid. I'm a Real Madrid, boy. Yo, that game, let me tell you something. Like, I I was watching that game with my boy, and me and him were both Madrid. And, like, there's one thing about that game, like, the fact that we live here, we don't go crazy about it. You know what I mean? Like, you can appreciate the greatness of that game. Like, there's, there's no game like that in the world. Like, that level of football is insane, bro. Like, yo. And the thing about it is, the two behemoths that are playing. Yeah. You got uh, Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, Messi's ridiculous, you know, bro. Like you, you could just like that's one thing that I appreciate. Like living over here, and I've been to a Madrid game. Like for my honeymoon, I went to Madrid, was just crazy. But like just watching, it, you could appreciate it. Man, it's like you're you're not so invested because you don't live there. You know, like Miami. You know, what I mean? we have the Florida State. Like you, we hate them. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. we see them. Like with them, you just see them from a distance. Like man, this is incredible. I guess oh, it, was, good. it was crazy, but <clears throat> I thought Kaya like made a huge mistake leaving early. But I think the reason yeah. I honestly like this is this is my just like fan theory shit, right? So I think he left because Mark Rick kind of pushed him out. It's like, listen, man, we need a guy who's a little bit more mobile. We're not like he he was like when when Brad Kaya was like, oh, I'm thinking about leaving. Mark Rick didn't talk to him to stay. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can see that. I understand why you want to leave. You you know the whole not for long thing. 
because we got Nikozi Perry coming in. And, I mean, we don't know what he's going to be. Like, honestly, he could be a huge flop. Let's be real. Like, it's 50-50. Or he could come in and be, like, the dude from DeAndre Francois, like the guy from Florida State. Yeah. And I think he comes in. I think that's why uh, Jack Allison left. Was because Nikozi Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikozi Perry comes in at the end of the next at the end of the next month, and he's gonna take over. He has to start from the beginning, bro. Like he has to, cause he can't come in. Cause third week of the season is Florida State. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's our toughest game. I, I could totally, yeah, I could totally see that happening. You know, Mark Rick probably said, "Hey, look, you, you're uh, you're Al Golden's guy. Get yeah. out. You know, we'll take it from here." Yeah. He didn't see a whole bunch of progress in his third year. Yeah. I get it. It's on the different offensive coordinators and all that, but hey, you know you got to get with yeah, it. You got to, because I mean, we we like just watching it last year. The fact that they were that they were doing like run pass run play options, run pass options with Brad Kaya, like you know he's only gonna hand it off. Like you do that with Nikozi Perry who can run. You do that with the even sheriffs that can run. You do that with a Malik yeah. Rosier that can run. It becomes a different game. And and we, I mean, this year our defense is gonna be awesome. Oh my god, awesome! Oh, it's gonna be nasty. oh, dude. I'm, that's that's my shit. Like I cannot wait to see that defense. Them them young linebackers come, all of them coming back. Kind of scared about the secondary, but I'm just hoping that the quarterback doesn't have much time to pass. Like that's all I got. Yeah, hey, I think I think first pick. Oh, they got Miles Garrett. Yeah, they got Miles Garrett. Good. good. There, I feel bad for that guy. Cleveland guy. I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> Yeah, Cleveland got Miles, Miles Garrett. Oh, Jesus, I feel I feel bad for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, without the Cavs, I, I, they ain't got nothing. I feel good. I feel good. My team, San Fran, is up next, and let's let's get the Sean Watson man. Let's go. Let's go. I think they're gonna go Leonard Fournette. Uh we'll see. I'm about to find out. Yeah, we'll find. Yeah, out. but Miles Garrett was first overall. Yeah, I'm about to find out real quick. They they shouldn't okay, take good. too long. I hope they don't. I hope they don't do nothing crazy like trade because they need more draft picks. Yeah. You know, you never know. It's been yeah. tough to be a San Fran fan the last couple of years, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we 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 suck in there. I tell you, the past two years, before that, it was all good. It was all great. Yeah, no, you know? that's when when Colin Kaepernick decided that he wanted to gain weight and change his whole passing style because of the people. Like it was yeah. crazy. He should have kept what he was doing, man. Because what he did to Green Bay, they went to the Super Bowl was insane. Yeah, yeah no, he killed him, man. He killed it. One play away. One play, One play away. away, bro. No Super Bowl win. And a champion, and a uh, NFC championship. Yeah, man, one play away from everything. It's crazy. So what's up, man? What you been up to since high school, bro? Ah, oh, man, what have I been up to since high school, man? Whew. You, you, man, every time anyone asks me, that makes me feel old. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, We're in our thirties now, boy. Man, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that. So um, I, I played a little ball. I did one semester up in a small school up in Kansas City. Then I transferred here to uh, FAU mm-hmm. up in Boca. Uh, College was cool. It was a it's a it's a not so small but a not so big university. Mm-hmm. So it was cool, decent college life. Uh, I was playing ball there, and uh, sure enough, come my junior year, you know, my my girlfriend at the time, she ends up getting pregnant. Yeah. So uh, you know, had to do what I had to do, and uh, you know, uh, come back down here, get a job, finish some schooling online, and um, so and take care of my girl. Meet up there. No, no, no. We've been together for for ages, man. She, uh, I think we're seventeen years together now. That's crazy, man. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen years together. So that's like almost since high school, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Since uh, since I was fifteen. So yeah, that was sixteen years. There you go. God damn, boy. That's awesome, man. I this this is my like I'm married now. This is my longest relationship ever. I didn't I didn't do oh. long relationships before this. Like I talked to oh, people man. who were like been together since high school. I was like, man, that's awesome, yeah. 
You know, I was I was barely there to to have a girl. So. Yeah, 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 I remember, I remember, <laughs> dude. Hey, man, but the, one of the good things, one of the good saving graces, and I and I'll, and I'll keep was um, I'll keep reiterating that when I when I left, it was easier for me because I've always I've always been a salesman. Right. I like people. I, I I don't like working for the corporate America thing. I I like dealing with people. Right. So back that was uh he was born on five so oh five oh six, real estate was hot. Mm-hmm. Real estate was booming, so I started getting into that business and had a hell of a first year. I mean, this is, you know, just basically someone who, in essence, was a, a dropout, college dropout. Mm-hmm. Um, and, dude, I almost made six figures that first year. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so it, it was it was real, real intriguing. You know, nobody could tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had no guidance, no 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 one to tell me or, or, or mentor me and say, hey, look, you know, put a little bit of money away. It's not gonna last forever. No, I was living a good life. Yeah, living that Miami um, life. Was, yeah, man, you know, be real, very materialistic. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, sure enough, the since I had my oldest, man, we would go to Toys R Us every weekend. Shoes, every you know, the, the stuff you know, bought a car cash. So all all this, um, and uh, then the market went down, and you know, savings started depleting real fast, real fast, real fast, and. Uh, at the time, I, when I was doing real estate, I was doing mortgages on the side, and one of my mentors now, he uh, he was a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. So we would be in the mortgage offices, and he would start teaching me about stock, and I was like, man, this is awesome. This is this is nice. This is sexy. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, man, I think that this is the way that you should go. He he, he saw a little bit in me, and that's when I, I made the flip, you know, started uh, looking into careers in that and became a financial advisor. That's crazy, man. That's, yeah. that's like one thing that I don't know much or anything about. It's like it's stocks, you know, because it's not it's not anything because I can't remember a time when we were growing up that it was ever talked about, you know, like we didn't we didn't know anything about investing. We know like, oh, you should save your money. But when you when you have a job like when high school, like I worked at, at Milam's right there by, by high school. So when I had when I got those three, four hundred dollars, I was like, yo, I'm going to just spend this because why would I why would I save this is nothing. You know, you don't look at you don't look at money that that way. You're like, I'm just I'm going to throw this money away, basically. They didn't teach you about money, investing, taxes, nothing. 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 They don't teach you about any of that. So it's a good real world experience, man. So that, that I mean, that's one of the things that I, I it, that I'm seeing now. So I've been doing this May seventeenth, May tenth. I'm sorry, May tenth. It's got to make my ten years in the industry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I could see by far, by far, without a doubt, a lot of my clients who are successful, high net worth clients, a majority of them. One of the big emphasis that they have is that discipline, mm-hmm. discipline in setting some kind of money away, yeah. having it having it go systematically where they don't even notice it. So let's say you get paid a thousand bucks a paycheck, right. you're automatically putting a hundred bucks, ten percent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. into your savings account. So they systematically have that discipline over the years. All the compound interest, and you just see it adds up. When it's time when they're fifty, sixty, now they have a nest egg, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. That they can, you know, and it was all systematics, just something from a small amount. One of the things that bothers me is that us, as, as millennials, yeah. as the youth, that no one's teaching them, you know, no one's telling them, hey, just do it, put it away. The younger you are, the Start easier early. it's going to be. Start early, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The power of compound is, is ridiculous. It's amazing. I, I think two of the biggest things, and it's a benefit and then probably a curse that happened was uh, the dot-coms mm-hmm. and uh, the quick money. You know, all, all the, yeah, the dot-com bubbles and Silicon Valley and all this Shark Tank that you have on TV, which I love the show, by the mm-hmm. way. It's basically, so you have, I say, a generation where 50% of them are the dreamers. Mm-hmm. The, the, they they want to go out and hustle and they feel that they can. 
and they put emphasis into everything they do. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones who are saying, hey, listen, I don't want to work that corporate job. I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't want to do this, that, and the other. And I think everything should just be handed to me. Yeah. And I'm going to go out and go on Shark Tank and venture in Silicon Valley. And a lot of them are not, that lifestyle is not meant for everybody, yeah. you know? That, that, that's 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 like what I agree with you. Like I think what I was listening to a podcast today is that people, like you said, people don't want to put in the hard work because there's no such thing as luck. Like Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook not out of luck, out of hard work, spending thousands and thousands of hours learning code, figuring out what people. You know what I mean? Like he put in. Like you, we don't realize that now because you got like people like that catch me outside girl who gets popping and gets money. So like they go that route because it's the easier route. But that's not that's not a lasting way to like build a family and build a foundation, and retire off of in fifty sixty years because nobody thinks about that. Like I don't mean, like for a long time, like till my wife really was like, hey, look, you need to do this, this, and this to get it together. Like I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? I was in the military. I could have saved us so much more money. But I was like, yo, I'm in, I'm living in Hawaii. Why? I'm a ball out. Like I'm I'm gonna go Miami right. with it. You know? So yeah. it's hard it's hard to get to change that mentality when you've had it. But people have people us millennials especially have to start realizing that like putting a hundred dollars away each check can really amplify when you get older, man. Yo, the thing it doesn't even have to be every check. It could be once a month, but just start small. Just start having that discipline. So what, what what's happening? What's transitioned in the past twenty thirty years? All these pensions they no longer exist. Before you work with a company, let's call it GM. Right. You know, you work with a company. You work there thirty forty years. You retired there. When you retire, they take care of you. Mm-hmm. There, you're going to retire with 60, 70, 50% of your income, no matter what. You don't have to worry about anything. What happened in the 80s is that the government said, hey, listen, you know, all these companies are going out of business and we don't want them to be a burden on us for Social Security. So here, let's going to start, we're going to start creating this 401k. And the 401k is just basically the one that's on the hook is the investor. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. So I work, I work for a big corporation. My 401k, no one tells me how to manage it, how to do yeah. it. No, I pick funds. And I put money in there. You don't know how many times I meet with people. Yeah, I have a 401k, and it's just set there. And so now the risk and the burden is, is, is on us. The government basically said in these corporations, they said, well, no, pensions are no longer available here. Now you're responsible for your own retirement. And that's a big paradigm, and people are not realizing that, you know? Right. So so what you're saying, is, yeah, and I totally agree because I got a 401k, and I'm just putting money into it. Don't know how much. I don't know if it was going to be something I could retire off of. Definitely, like, I've actually been thinking about that the last couple of weeks or months. It's like, man, I probably should stop putting money away and have my retirement based on my savings and not on some, not on some 401k. Because there's companies and corporations that, let's say you work at McDonald's, right, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you have a 401k right. with them because you were a manager, right. all this shit. There's, like, it's going to, it'll be hard for you to transfer that over because different banks might not speak the same, like, might not speak the same numbers. And there might be, like, a penalty like, I didn't have it with my wife. Like, her 401k stayed, and it was harder for her to, like, to transfer it over or something. Like, it's stuff that I don't know about, but that's just, like, what I've heard. You know what I mean? And I might be completely wrong enough base. I'm, right, I'm going right. to say that right now. But that's, that's <laughs> just what, you know what I mean? That's what, that's what I've heard. And, again, that might be my own ignorance, like, thinking that it works that way. Yeah, I'd say that's another thing, too, that's happening, too, is, is a naysay. And... So, so a lot of the ways that things have transitioned, everything is more technical. Everything is more advanced. There, there has to be an app for something. Right. I want, I want to get information and access to it as fast as I can, and I'll have it on my phone. I have it on the computer, and so many ways of going about it. So, what's missing, and I think is one of the cool things I still appreciate about it, is that you have that personal contact with the person. Where you know, where, where you're bent, you know, and you're looking at the market, you're going crazy. You're like, hey, Albert, listen, those that ten thousand dollars that I have in the account, is it going to be okay? Yeah. 
a lot of people are going this robo-advisors way because they're just putting so much marketing money. You know, you see it all the time, the Fidelity, the Charles Schwab, yeah. the, you know, talk to Chuck, everything. Hey, no, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Uh, you know, the UBSs, it's all there. And they're missing that, that personal contact with, with, with their advisor, right. you know? Also, a lot of people may be, unfortunately, they may be embarrassed. You know, not a lot of people want to say, hey, I'm 40 years old, I'm 45 years old, I only have $10,000 yeah. in my retirement account. You know, so there may be a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of embarrassment, and that's fine, you know. As long as you just acknowledge that you have to make a change and you take that first step to own, owning up to it, I think that'll be for the better. No, yeah, I agree. I think I think that's a huge problem is, like, you see you see people who, who get into, I mean, we see it all the time growing up where we grew up, who are in their 40s and 50s, you know what I mean, that have no money to show for what they've done in their life. Like, are literally still living check to check. That never made, never had that conversation, never talked to a financial advisor, never yeah. sat down and was like, man, I really got to tighten up my finances. Like, I, w- I don't want to work till I die. Like, I want to enjoy my life. So, yeah, it's 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 absolutely that. Like, the, a break from the ignorance to be like, man, I got to do something different. Like, because this, this is what I'm doing right here. I have $1,000 in my checking, but nothing in my savings. You right. know what I mean? And I'm 50 years old, and I've been working for this company for 25 years. Like, there's this doesn't make any sense. Let me ask you: Are you, are you a homeowner? No, we we uh we're gonna start looking for a house. Okay. At the end of the year, it's just because we you know we were saving for the wedding and the honeymoon and all that. Yeah. So we didn't want to we didn't that was one thing we we talked about we didn't want to do too much at once. No, no, I got you. I got and you. End up like oh shit, we can't afford everything, you know. Yeah. So where I was getting at right now, we, uh, my wife and I we just purchased our second home uh, in June of last year, and that in, it's in a process in itself. You know, the American dream is everyone to own their own mm-hmm. home. You know, home ownership. But that in itself, especially in a city like Miami. So one of the things that I found about the city of Miami in, in all professions, all careers, everything that you do, you have the best of the best and you have the worst of yes. the worst. There's, which, there's no like, middle. There's no middle. Yeah, exactly. So you have like the best realtors, advisors, mechanics, attorneys, CPAs, all that, your team. And then the ones that are rob you. The, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You have the lazy ones, the, the worst ones, the ones that are gonna, not going to give you the right information that are not doing it for your best interest. Yeah. So it's tough. So that, again, just home ownership, something as simple as home ownership, you know, it, it, it's, it's very scary. You know, it's scary. And then you want to make sure you have the right team around you. Um, it seems like now every day everybody's a realtor because yeah. real estate is hot yeah. again. So, you know, that in itself is, is, is a process where, again, they don't go and they teach you this in school. You know, they don't. They don't tell you how to deal with a realtor. They don't tell you what yeah. uh, a fixed uh, fixed interest rate is besides a variable interest rate. They don't tell you how much. You're going to have to put down. They don't tell you any of these things because I think if they told you, hey, look, one day you're going to have to put $30,000 down for a home, they would make you, it would, they would put it in your head like, man, if I want to own a home, I, I should start saving money because yeah. you're not you're not going to get a $30,000 check from work. Like, that's just not going to happen. And then you're just going to put that up for a house and hope and hope for the best because then you don't think about what if the AC goes down. All my savings just went into the house. Right, what, right, if, right. what if there's termites? You know what I mean? Nobody ever projects that out. And it's also like for millennials and even the generation behind us, there's no thought of the what's the worst that can happen. It's like, oh, I'm going to buy the best house so everything's going to be perfect. The best house gets shitted on, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have bad things happen, so you have to be prepared for those moments. And again, these are all thoughts and, and things that my wife has put into me because before that, I was just like a single guy living. Just like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to figure this out. But then, like, when I have a wife and when we're going to have kids, you start thinking about. All right, the kids, you know what I mean? Like you got to put money away for the kid in the in the in college. 
You gotta, you, you know, what I mean? you gotta think about all these different things that you don't, you didn't have to think about growing up. And you, yeah. and, you have, and if you don't have that foundation, you don't have that that savings. You're gonna be like, how am I so? It almost gets overwhelming. Like, how am I supposed to figure this shit out now? Yeah, and and I think that's one of the, that's one of the double edged swords that we have about the internet because right now that you have so much information available to you. So I'm the type of person that I have a question or I think about something. First thing I do, like yeah. I'd say, ninety five percent of the people. We're going on the internet. Hey, what do we find this? Oh, so it must be true, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think just, you know, again, I always tell people, anybody who I refer my clients to, you know, I, I think I have a pretty decent team of, that I work with, attorneys, CPAs. I tell them, listen, anytime I refer them, hey, interview them. And you have yeah. to feel comfortable with that person. Yeah. The last thing I ever want is anyone, one of my clients, when I give them a phone call, it's for them to look at this phone screen and be like, oh, shit, it's Albert. Oh, yeah. What does he want? Or, well, you know, you know that's that's not – so you want to have a good, comfortable relationship with whoever you deal with. Be your realtor, your CPA, your attorney, all that. And get a – it's nothing wrong. Get a couple of opinions of wherever you feel comfortable with, you know? Yeah. Like one, one thing, like we had a realtor a couple of years ago. We were looking for a house before we got engaged. And we were looking. And the realtor was cool. But, like, one of the things was, like, luckily my wife already knew him. But, like, if it's a person – like we grew up, we grew up similar. Me and you, you know what I mean. Like if it's a person that like the vibes just off, like right. man, you know what I mean. Like all right, man, I, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. Exactly, exactly. Like, go, like it might not be anything that they say. It might just be like a vibe. Like nah, I'm cool. I mean, some shady about this dude, and I just feel it. I'm not gonna trust him with whatever money I'm putting down. It just, it doesn't feel right. Right. You know what I mean. And it was nothing that they were doing, and it was not anything. But like it's just like that. Like I, don't, I didn't have a good vibe off certain people. I'm not gonna go with them. And and you're absolutely right. You, people don't do that. Like, let's say you sit, not you specifically, you sit behind the desk and you got a nameplate in front of you. People tend to, like, not question you because you're yeah. sitting in a position of authority. Right. Now, it's not like that because if they're going to manage your money, you should get to know them, get to know their, you know, get to know them as a person because they're going to be in crucial and vital to your retirement. You can't right. just look at it like, oh, man, Albert must know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, because right. he sits at this desk or Ben knows what he's doing because he sits behind a microphone. It can't right. be like that. You got to figure it out, because yeah, I might know what I'm doing, but I might not know what exactly what you need me to do. You right. get what I'm saying? So we got to bounce off each other to make this thing work together. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, and again, I think that you have a little bit of mix of everything, where you have a lot of people who just say, "Hey, look, Ben, you're the specialist. I trust you. You do your thing." And then you have other ones that they want to be educated. No, Ben, let me know how how is it that this works? So. Yeah. How is it that you set up the microphone? Wait, so how do you get a following? How do you get the yeah. website? There's there's two different uh, kinds of people, and you just got to adjust to them. Yeah. yeah. It's true. You you gotta you have to be, the number one thing you have to be is a people person. Like, when, you, when you're in the business of pitching yourself for somebody to trust you, you can't come off like a dick or entitled. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you don't know who I am? Like, that's, that's going to be yeah. the worst way to approach it. You got to have, you got to have like a cool confidence about it. Like, you got to know what you're talking about. And help because they're nervous, right? Like that's what I'm looking at it like, because you're looking at it as as the as the the financial advisor. I'm looking at it as somebody who wants to be advised. You know what I mean? So we have two right. different dynamics. So it's like I'm if I'm if I'm gonna trust you with my money, like I'm nervous as shit because this is this is all I got right here. Like exactly. Like this is it for me. So when so if I'm talking to you about it, it's like listen, man, I'm, I'm gonna need you to talk me off the ledge and make me feel comfortable about trusting you with it. So if if you, I'm sure you've had them. You can tell me about it, like those people that like come at you all crazy like from the get go, and you're like, oh man, look, this is this is what's going on, and you gotta talk them down. And I'm sure, like, tell me what it was like the first time you dealt with somebody like that, and what it's like now, ten years in, how how different oh, it is. 
I, I'll tell you what. So basically starting at 21, I mean, it, it was tough. It, it was tough all, all in all. I just had my son, um, 21-year-old man, and I'm and I all my friends are in college. They're in universities. You know, so what am I going to tell them? They're gonna, I'm going to tell them, hey, listen, hey, let's start investing 200 bucks a month. They're like, Albert, I'm in, I'm in college. You know, yeah. all my friends, yeah. my family has no money. Hey, no, I'm, I'm in college. You want, you want investments? What? Insurance? Yeah. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to eat at Denny's for this weekend. You know? <laughs> exactly, bro. After the club. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the things that I started uh, was just um, I knew I had to provide for my family. So I was making two, 300 phone calls every single day, every single day, every single day. You learn it. I was getting a small salary for a couple of weeks, and then it's strictly off commission. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that being a personal, personable individual, right. I could tend to relate to whatever the person was talking on the phone, and you just start like that. And from that point, you just build and start branding your network, start branding your pipeline. Yeah. You start going out. You start talking to people. Start meeting people. People you talked to six months ago, and it just starts building up, building up. Mm-hmm. Good thing about it, and anything that you do, anything you have a passion about. If you do a good job, people are going to hear about it, and they're going to hear good things. Yeah. So then you start getting referred, and then that's just expanding your network. Right. No, yeah, you're right. And that, that's exactly what, what it comes down to is, like, you have to – not you specifically, but, like, if if you want to build your name and build your brand, you have to come at it that way. Like, you got to understand that it's not going to be great in the beginning. You know what I mean? For for either one of you. Like, I'm I'm learning this as you're, as you're learning this. So – and but I'm gonna bust my ass for you, so I'm, I'm gonna grow with you, and I'm, I'm I promise you this, that, and the other. Like you give these people advice, and it's uh, I'll, I'll say it like this: like it's hard for like at the when you're not ready to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, hey man, you got to put money away when you're not ready to hear. It, like, nah, man, I, I, I'll do that tomorrow. Before yeah. you know it, it's ten years, and you're mid thirties, and you got you might have two, three kids, and all you could afford is that, that bed on your mom's, you know what I mean, at your mom's house. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, yo, where where did this happen? Like, I had a good job here for a minute. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I get it. I mean, kids that are graduating nowadays, they're graduating with more college debt than ever before. Yep. Interest rates are sky high. Yeah. I remember when I was in school, uh, I was blessed to, to have scholarships. Um, but I remember my friend's student loans were maybe 2 3%. I mean, now we're seeing them as high as 6 and 7 Yeah. We're talking, you know, professionals, you know, CPAs, attorneys, doctors, yeah. graduating with two hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, that's a big nut. It's a scary yeah. thing to do. How do you yeah. come from someone like that? And then, and then, how do you, and then have that? Because I have, I have friends that are doctors and stuff. Like, how do you have those people? How do you talk to those people about saving when they got a nine hundred dollar, you know, what I mean, school <laughs> loan that month? When it's like, yo, how, 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 like, where am I going to get this money from? Like, I, how am I a doctor, but I'm poor? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not poor exactly, but like, well, how am I still living in this one? When you went to school for 12 years, you're figuring you're going to be in a better position, but you didn't realize you were going to have a, because imagine what it is now, right? Inflation the way it is. In 10 years, that debt could be almost a million dollars. Yeah. That, that school loan debt, because if it keeps growing, they're, they're not, they don't have any sanctions. They could do whatever they want, right? Schools can charge you however much. Yeah. Next year could be three hundred thousand dollars for a year, I and mean, you can't yeah. do a damn thing about it. That's what you want to do, right? So if you get end up with like a million dollars in debt, and then like, yo, how am I supposed to figure this out? How am I supposed to start a family with that? Like, if the generation, like the millennials of like our generation, has that, imagine what the next group is gonna have. Yeah. And the group after that, like, where are the jobs gonna come from? Who, who are gonna be the doctors? If it's not, you know what I mean? That's almost crazy. It's crazy when you start thinking about it like that and not get overwhelmed. Like, holy shit, how are my kids gonna do it? So it, one in, in particular, I work with a lot of doctors. And so just put yourself in a position. Let's say you're a 30-year-old 30, 30 individual. Maybe you have a family or not. Maybe you're married or not. 
but you're in your last year, you know, you, you got a, you're in, doing your fellows, fellowship or residency, making $45, $50,000 a year. Yep. But you see this debt accumulating, you're going to graduate with five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. How, how can anyone kind of talk you off the ledge like you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you graduate, you're going to make two hundred grand, one hundred and fifty and up. It's yep. fine, but after taxes, <laughs> you, you have this burden, yep. this monkey on your back of four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars debt. It's tough. I actually have a, a few of those who I'm working with right now, and, and it's funny. I, I hope that they tune in and they learn. It, it, it's not easy, you know, because at the end of the day, you try to do what's best for them, yep. and you, you gotta kind of walk into the situation. Um, luckily for those that I'm working with right now, um, they've known me in my career. So I think that they're a little bit more trusting than just right. any random person trying to get to them. You know, right. so I think that, that that's one of the advantages on my side. But someone who I've never met before, it, it's tough. It's tough, you know. It's tough to try to tell them that yeah. they got to save their money because they're just thinking about paying off the debt, right? Yeah, or paying off the debt or how, or how am I going to survive it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Albert, yeah, oh. I'm great. I make 200 grand a year. I have $800,000 in debt and I, I'm, I'm renting, Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm but renting and, I, and I'm driving a, and I'm still leasing a car. Yeah, exactly. I'm driving a Honda Accord, Honda yeah. Civic, and, and you want to tell me about putting away two thousand dollars, whatever, fifteen hundred thousand dollars a month? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, so you just kind of walk them through it, and hopefully you feel that they're that they're loyalty and you do good. And so, so one of the things that I kind of shift with you okay. is uh, that, that's one of the advantages that you have. You know that you see people that are different life stages. Yeah. So uh, I have right now a couple of clients who they've already retired. One of the most touching experiences that I've ever had, and I'll share with you. It was back in 2000 and I want to say 2009 or 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, a nurse client of mine, she she was scared, scared shitless. She had all her money. We had we had a small little account and then just going through it, she, you know, I was doing good for her. The market was doing good. She was entrusting me. So she said, Albert, look, this is all I have. Uh, $400,000. This is all I have. Um, please, please. I trust you. And she was she was tearing up. She was crying up. She says, I need X amount of money to come in because I'm going to live off of it in two or three years. Okay, let's get to work. She trusted me. We worked hard. We, we made things that made sense. Mm-hmm. And when I was able, when she was retired, she's like, okay, Albert, everything we worked for, now I need my check next month. How are we going to start taking money? So let's just say she needed $5,000 a month. When I came back to her and I told her, hey, listen, guess what? Instead of $5,000, i am able to get you $6,800 a month. Mm-hmm. The tears that came out of her eyes, I mean, it was, it was just awesome. It was flattering. Yeah, so awesome. you see people through the different stages, and it's from young doctors, fellows, residents, to young entrepreneurs. I think we're in a time that more than anything, I've lived in Doral mm-hmm. for over 25 years, so a lot of here, people here, the Hispanic entrepreneurs, you know, who are starting their companies, importing, exporting. Um, so it, it's awesome when you see them starting out from a solo company, one job, you know, no health insurance, mm-hmm. and then they can grow to a company where they have nine, ten employees offering group benefits, and you're there every step of the way. It's a very rewarding feeling. Yeah. So how'd you, like, so that financial advising, like, how did you get into all of that? I don't know if you can talk about the company you work for, but how did you get to, like, knowing it, lack of a better term, like, so balls deep with it? You know what I mean? I know you have 10 oh, years okay. experience, but, like, how did you get, like, you have you always liked numbers? Because I'm, I'm sure it's all numbers and shit that you got to see and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So how did you get so so deep into it? And it's got and it's, and it's got to be rewarding when you're, I mean, to say it, not to be dramatic about it, but like you're save you're basically saving people's lives with it. You know what I mean? Like the ones that you help, because at some point they have that ability to retire and be like, I can enjoy my life. When you I see the, what, when man. you see the fruits of your labor, you get what I'm saying. 
I'll tell you what, man. If, if everyone can see me through your eyes, man, I, th- I think I'll be in a lot better position. <laughs> um, uh, so how, how did I get into it? I, just like anything, you, you deal with experience. Actually, starting out, I actually went to school was for nursing. Right. I wanted to be a nurse when I was, right. when I was in school. Um, so I was studying for that. Somewhere along the line, something happened, and I started minoring in business. Numbers always came easy to me, but so did science like anatomy, science, chemistry, biology, all that came very, very easy to me. Uh, not that I'm proud of it, but I barely showed up for the class. I just studied, showed up to the test, got good grades, you know, college life. Yeah. Um, so I started doing uh, minoring in business, and I always thought about having, you know, some kind of a, of a side business on the side, but I always thought to myself, you know, because, again, we come from a family where – They've always worked for somebody. Yeah. You know, hey, Albert, listen, you're going to go and you're going to work 40 hours for someone. You're going to mm-hmm. make money, put money away, buy a house, get married, have kids, and yeah. retire, and such is life. Yeah. Um, I would have never envisioned myself uh, being as young, as, as successful as I've been. And I've been extremely blessed. I'm not going to lie. There's no answers or buts about it. I've had a, a good team. I've had people that have helped me along the way. I've had great clients, great friends that have right. introduced me to clients, so... I've been very lucky, very blessed with that, but it hasn't been easy. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's tough at times. I remember killing myself over the first, when I first started, a couple of those sales that I didn't get or a couple of those clients that I couldn't convert or proposals that I would do with, uh, there were big commissions to me and I, I, I would spend time, hours, energy, focus, presenting and putting it together, just making it crystal clear to the clients and they would say, yeah, you know what? I like it. I'm going to show it to my CPA because he does the same thing. Or I'm going to show it to my brother-in-law because he works for Morgan Stanley. Yeah. They would get all the business, and that would just frustrate me. Because you, uh, you did all the legwork. Oh, and yeah, And somebody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, my me, my primo, he does this. And there you go. So then, like, just puts it in. It's like, yo, I, what, what? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and, and think about it. And, and you're in a position where you're young, and, you, you know, you're like, hey, you know, you're counting on, you're betting all your chips on this, and it doesn't come through. So it's. It's tough. It hasn't always been easy, but it has its fruits. It has its rewards. That I will tell you. A lot of it is gratifying. Some of it, even still, ten years after, I still get very frustrated at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's hard, uh, but when it's good, it's good. I can tell you that. When yeah. it's good, it's good. And I think that's one thing that I think us as millennials. I think it's, I don't think it's a trait of ours, but it's like we we I guess, like we don't like failure. You know what I mean? Like. That's that's the things like for me for me for example like I don't like like you think about those moments when like man I couldn't get I couldn't get that job like before I got this job that I'm working like I was applying like crazy for jobs down there yeah. and it's like man like what am I doing wrong like what is it why is it that the people don't like me you know what I mean like all these different things at all these different places so it's like you think about that rejection but it only makes you appreciate yeah. the success so much more yeah. because you like you at the end of the day you know you worked your ass off for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like all you, all you can get out of anything you ever do is what you put into it. Um, so amen. Like, you know what I mean. So when people tell you no, it's not like they're not sending no to Albert. It's just like, all right, man. So I'm gonna use the same drive that I gave to you to the next person, and when it, it works for them, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna reap my reward. Yeah. No, no. What I've learned is that no doesn't always mean no. It just means no right now. Exactly. Um, and and I've had a couple of managers and people tell me that. Um, and, and just like everything, you learn, you know, how, how's, how does a neurosurgeon, you know, get better at his trade? How does a laborer, how does a steelsmith, how does a locksmith get better at what they do? You know, it's, it's everything through experience. Um, if I can tell you a couple of the cases or a couple of the – right now I'm, I have a client who I've been 
his advisor, I want to say, for nine years, and we're reaching that point. And he says, Albert, okay, we've done great work. Let's, how do I get to this? So now I'm kind of racking my head and, and trying to maximize, see how I can maximize everything that I can get for him because he's worked hard at it, you know? Yeah. So I'm racking my brain, and, and that's rewarding for me. And I'm still putting those things together. Um, so, yeah, it has it has its benefits. I don't know, for I'm, sure. Every, everything with experience, man. Everything with, with experience. Yeah, everything with hard work and experience, man. Like, that's... That's one thing, like, my our generation generate. Like, I keep saying that, like, they they don't they don't think about that part. Like, on on some simple stuff, like the people who are super successful, let's say on YouTube, right, who have millions of followers who make their money doing that, they put in thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of hours to make it there. Like, it's not like they made one. Even Justin Bieber, right, on some like, right. he he got there making hundreds of videos, and then one of them just happened to be hit by the right guy. Yep. Like, it has to be hard work with a mixture of the, at the right time. Like yep. none, none of it is going to be, I mean, I'm going to make one video. That's it. I'm going to make a million dollars. It doesn't work like that. You got you to gotta succeed. You got to fail. You got to succeed. You got to fail. You got to succeed. You got to fail. Now, you got to gotta have one with the other, like good and evil. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you, you're not always going to be, you're not always going to be successful at everything you do. Like, you're going you're gonna to fail. It, and it's just part of life. Because, like I said, it makes you appreciate, it makes you appreciate your successes so much more. There's a there's a couple of times I've heard it. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. So you just work hard, you put yourself in a position with a little bit of luck, and, and you'll do good. You exactly. Know? Sweet. Uh, side note: Who did San Francisco get? Uh, I don't even know. I want to say. Uh, oh, they traded their pick to Chicago. What? So Chicago got uh Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't know who he got. He went number Let two. It, yeah, we were number two. We gave it to Chicago. San Fran got I don't know who Leonard Fournette went to Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh damn! Hey, Jaguars might be might be about something next year. Yeah, they might, they might do something. I'm, not, I'm never driving there though. That's a far drive, sir. I live in St. Pete. That is far. Yeah. That's like a good four hours from me, bro. Like it's I'm close. not. It's closer than Miami. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a nice city though. I'll say that. Like downtown's really nice. I've been there like once or twice for work. It's yeah. not bad, bro. Yeah, it's not bad. So yeah, so tell me, tell me about your kids, man. I see they following in your footsteps, playing playing ball. Big oh, ass yeah. kids that you got, bro. Like, how old man, are they? Like I seventeen and eighteen now, man. Jesus, them boys, them boys, big. That's the only reason why I don't judge. I don't doubt the paternity with their moms because <laughs> they a, came out big. That's a big uh, boy, no, man. man. But, but believe it or not, man, that's one of my little. I don't want to say a hobby, but it's another one of my little passions, man. Just uh, I, I can say that I'm blessed to have been able to coach both of my kids, man, yeah. to be their first coach. So that, yeah. that to me speaks volumes. Like me being a, a former athlete, and I still consider myself very athletic, just right. nowhere near an athlete. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not teenagers anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We um, put on some I, weight, I, knee, knees done got bad, like, aches and pains are serious. Yeah, no. Hey, but I'll tell you what, the next house I buy is going to be one story. All this climbing <laughs> stairs, man, is getting to me. <laughs> one story house. Yeah, um, man. No man, I, I really wish that, that you know somewhere along the line I could have had some kind of a mentor, some someone to push me along those lines, you know. Um, but but I, but I'm I'm proud of being able to coach them. So that kind of takes up a little bit of my time, and and I love it. I'm, I'm really passionate out there. I get to do a little exercise, get to yeah. scream at kids. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> but um, no, so so they're good. So both of them they they like they like football. My my little one, he's he's an absolute monster beast. You tell him run through the wall, he'll run through the wall. Yeah. 
my big one, he's very intellectual. You know, he, he's the one that's going to be a coach. He's going to be right. on the sideline. He draws up the plays. He stays on the sideline. He's like, Dad, look, this is going to happen. And I just stare. I'm like, like, I didn't have that at his age, you yeah. know? Yeah. So they're both their own little unique personality. I, I love them both to death, and it's great, man. I'll tell you, the best thing that could have ever happened to me are my kids, without a doubt. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I see the pictures, man. Them boys big, man. Yeah. That's awesome, though. But, you know what I mean? He, your, your son, your oldest son could be a, a coach or an owner. You never know. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Possibilities are endless, man, if he has your drive and your intellect with that. Yeah, he, he definitely has it, man. So what school yeah. What school are they going to go? Like, are you going to, I don't know, you might move or whatever, but are, is, it, is there a chance oh. they go to Miami Springs? Oh. No, I'm saying like move out of like Miami move. Spring, move out of the route. No, you never leave Miami. Miami's no, in the heart uh, forever. But uh, they actually played uh, uh, Optimus football, the little Pee Wee football over in Miami Springs. Uh, it was a lack of of kids uh, registering, so there was the program kind of died, and now we're here in Doral. Okay. Um, which is a lot more convenient. Like I literally walk across the street, and the park is there. Oh, it's beautiful. So it's, it's a lot more convenient. Um, so, yeah, this year they're going to be over here, the Doral Broncos. Okay. So make sure to check them out. Um, yeah, man, if I'm ever down, if I'm ever down a week and, it's, you know what I mean, it's not, my, the, if the Canes aren't playing, I'll definitely swing through, man. Doral's right there. Yeah, man, man, make sure you let me know what time, man. I make some pretty good churrasco, bro. <laughs> oh, for, hey, man, a churrasco all day, bro. Hey, That's churrasco, up, man. We'll yeah. have a couple cold ones. Yeah, man, get the boys together. I haven't seen Ovin, Regal, none of them boys in forever, man. I got... Oh, I, I stay up with them like through social media, but that, that was that was the crew, bro. Like, that was yeah, a squad. We could never have a class together the way we would talk, boy. I tell you, man, Oven and and, and Rico, I'm proud of them, man. They, they're, they're doing the thing, man. It's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome, yeah, bro. bro. Like for real. And when when you grow up and, and people are successful and you know good things are going for them, man, it's just an awesome awesome feeling, man. You yeah, know, bro, you, for real. I don't think I don't, human nature. I think it's just to help people. Yeah. Unless you're a real dick, but yeah. I, it's 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 a rewarding feeling that we're all doing good, you know, kids, families, yeah. uh, business, being independent, it's awesome, awesome. You know, you know what's what's cool about it? Like one of the best things about social media is that aspect of it. Like even if you don't see them every day, you get to see how they're doing, see what they're yeah. up to. Like and, and Rigo and Owen, bro, like I've known these middle school probably, right? Like middle school, high school, ninth grade at least. So you see these people grow up, and it's like, man, like they're still like positive, good people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cause there's certain people like you don't you don't mess with anymore. And it's just people like, all right, man, cool. You, you do your own thing. I'm gonna do my thing. Which just people like that. I was like, yo, man, like you just, you can't help but to be happy for them. Like, yeah. man, I'm glad everything's going good for you. I'm glad oh, Oven drives Jeeps every single day of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he promotes it very well, man. He <laughs> Bro, it for very real. Well. He got like, a, does he have like a Jeep car club? I'm gonna have to get him on here. I told him I was like, yo, we could just talk about Jeeps the whole podcast. Oh man, I tell you what, that 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 might be your biggest fun because all I see on social media now is jeeps and tires and this. And, and, and I tell you what, man, I'm gonna get on Oven too because he's one of the person I tell him, hey man, how about you stop buying jeep parts yeah. every weekend and throw a hundred bucks in the account? Let's For do real, something. man. Like you don't have to get everything brand new. You know, one weekend yeah. don't do it. You you you'll feel better. That's for the, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Start one weekend a month. He gonna listen to this like, oh, I can't believe they put me out there like yeah, that. Yeah, put him on blast. <laughs> and and, it, and I tell you what, it's not just him. I have a know a couple of other. Jeep owners who have the best car, but they're still, you know, living in their mom's house or living in the yeah, fishing yeah. all right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you got to right. change your motivations, man. You yeah, got to change your motivations. Keep yeah, that, that's some real shit. We, I know I know some people who you talking about on that one. We ain't going to yeah. say no names. <laughs> yeah. but, but, hey, listen, listen yeah. your Jeep ain't going to get you out of out of, out of debt. It's going to keep you, you in it. 
There you go. And no, the thing about it, they keep getting new parts every week. I'm like, we're talking about they ain't got like, no money. Like, yeah, come on. Man, come on now. Ain't got hey. no savings. Can't leave mom's house. Well, listen, you bought an eight hundred dollar part. That's probably why you can't leave mom's house. God bless him, man. God bless. Him. God <laughs> That's bless crazy. Him. Oh man. So yeah, man. It was good catching up with you, brother. Hey, man. It's awesome, man. Thanks for inviting me, man. And 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 man, anything I can do to help grow your following, I think you're doing a great thing. And brother. and just keep at it, man. Keep keep at it, man. I think this is great. Hey, man. We got it. We're gonna have to do one. We'll link up before the season starts and do a hurricane season preview, man, and just make that go viral, boy. Yeah, I'm all right with that, man. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, my brother. Peace out, man. Hey, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for everything, brother. All right, man.